And it says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing and helping and guidance of different kind uh, and different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have the have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And I want to focus really on this phrase, God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Because we've been saying that it's a body and there's not a hierarchy and it's not an over and it's not a ladder that we climb like first of all we become teachers, then we become prophets, then we become apostles. And we've said that, we, we've said that um, no one's inferior and no one's inferior and that visibility in the body doesn't mean over, better and more than. And then you read a verse that says, first apostles. So I want to unpack that. What, what actually is Paul talking about when he's talking about the gift of the apostle? And what does that phrase first mean? If it doesn't mean hierarchy over or some kind of leadership ladder. What's interesting, you know the Bible was written in a historical context. And, yeah. and they sometimes borrowed words that were the words of the common moment. And actually the word apostle was a word that people would have understood. Um, the Romans had apostles. And like if, if Rome conquered, say, a place like Philippi, another region, they wanted Philippi, or whatever region they conquered, whatever place they conquered, whether it's Colchester in Essex, in England, they want they would want Colchester to look like Rome. That was what they would want it to be. They'd want it to have Roman customs, Roman culture, Roman roads. The A12 is a Roman road. <laughs> and they would want it to have Roman customs, Roman entertainment. That's why you can go to certain places. You can find mini Colosseums. The Romans mm. built it because they wanted the games and the things they enjoyed. So they would send the apostle in the leadership to go and make that conquered place look like Rome. So the, the apostle was a sent one, one who was sent to establish the culture in that place. And Hebrews, 12, Hebrews 3, 1 says that Jesus is the, the apostle. Actually, Jesus is the first person who gets identified as an apostle in the New Testament. So Jesus, John 3.16 says, was sent. God so loved the world that he sent the apostle Jesus. That Jesus was sent to, to make earth look like the place he was sent from. Just like the Roman apostle was sent to make each place look like a mini Rome. And so Jesus was sent, and Jesus was sent 
on a mission to tackle the great enemies that prevented human beings engaging with the realities of the place he was sent from, heaven. So Jesus came and through his life and through his death and through his resurrection conquered our great enemies. He conquered Satan, he conquered death, he conquered um, sickness and he conquered the ultimate enemy which was sin and the very thing that separated us from God. And so Jesus came to establish the culture of heaven in people's hearts um, by defeating and conquering the things that stood opposed to people and the things that separated people from engaging with the reality of heaven. And he did it as well by revealing the Father. So Jesus um, came and wanted people to step into the culture, the lived out behaviour that he was enjoying, his relational connection with the Father. And he said, if you've seen me, you've actually seen the Father. If you've seen me heal, speak wisdom, love, not condemn, you've actually had a revelation of the Father. And then Jesus gave us an apostolic prayer on earth as it is in heaven. That's actually an apostolic prayer. That's a sent people prayer. Pray that earth would reflect increasingly the reality and the culture and the priorities of heaven. He gave us an apostolic commission in Matthew 28. He said, go into all the world. He said, go and make disciples. Go and teach them. Go and baptise them. Go and remind them of everything I've taught you. It was an apostolic commission. So the first thing I want to do then is, is look at this word first. And then I want to unpack what this gift of the apostle is to the local church. So first doesn't mean boss of, because it says that first of all, that God has placed in the church, God has placed in the body, first of all, apostles. It doesn't say God has placed over the church, above the church, apostles. He says the apostle is this apostolic anointing is in the church, not as the boss over. And so it says that Jesus is building his church and Jesus has a recipe to build his church. So now I've, I've caught bits of it, Great British Bake Off. And people seem really... They, they do really well when they know the recipe and they've seen it and they get it in the right order. But when it's the kind of, is it the blind challenge where they kind of get, they've not seen it before and they've got the kind of order and they're doing their best. That Jesus is building his church and Jesus has a recipe of how he wants to build his church. God has placed in the church, first of all, Apostles. It's like in a recipe, if it says, first of all, sugar, 
you don't think, well, sh sugar just must be the most important thing because there might be taking the Fiona's lemon drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cake. I love Battenberg and Fiona's, Fiona's lemon drizzle. There's a recipe. There's something happening. There's an order that things are going into it to create a delicious cake or a delicious recipe. So first means not more, better, boss, over. It just means this needs to go into the recipe first. Mm. And then second, prophets, and third, teachers. It's first the sugar, then the flour, then the milk, then mix mm. it together. And it's not that one is better than the other, it just is an order of process mm. in order for what God wants to establish on earth to be established. It's for the body to function healthily. It, it needs what the apostolic brings. So it says first the apostle. And we'll talk a little bit about what the apostolic is doing. Then it says second prophets. The prophet, and we've really valued from having, and I think it's something we need to see again, someone coming with the gift of prophet, someone who brings the reality of what God is planning tomorrow and bringing it into today. That, you know, when Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy um, 1.18, you know, fight according to the prophecies, fight according to the assessment of heaven, fight according to the revelation that God has given. Amen. So the, the prophet brings a revelation of what God is planning, what's currently invisible, the prophet makes makes visible. The prophet thinks about the future and what God wants to do in, in the future. And the prophet, the prophet creates a prophetic culture, helps the body become prophetic, helps the culture understand that everybody can hear God's voice, that everybody can enjoy intimacy and connection with God, and everybody can hear his voice, because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And the, prof the prophet brings that understanding that we can hear his voice every single day, every single morning, every single afternoon, whenever we need it, we can come and hear his voice. Mm. And the teacher, the teacher, that third teacher, helps us understand these supernatural revelations and helps us to live in response to the gift of the apostle and the gift of the prophet. So, this talk is not about... This is really important. This, this section is not about now we're going to look in our church and divide up the gifts. It's not a talk about um, I'm changing my business card to apostle. It's, it's not about who's the apostle here, who's the prophet here, who's the pastor, who's the teacher, who's the evangelist. That not every church has to have all of the Ephesians 4 ministries all functioning in a local church. You don't actually necessarily have to say, who's the apostle, who's the prophet, to benefit from the grace and the anointing and the gifting that the apostle carries. That you can actually benefit from the apostle's gift through valuing and honouring 
the gift of apostle, even if that gift is um, operating and leading in another church context. Because Jesus says, if you honour a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. In other words, if you value what someone carries, you can come into the momentum, into the slipstream of what they carry, and their anointing can impact a local church through honour and not necessarily through that person saying, I've got a title. So I think we have valued and been impacted hugely by um, Pete Carter in Eastgate and his gift as an apostle. He has impacted us immensely. I think we've valued immensely the gift of the apostle that we find in in Bill Johnson, even though I've met him to say hi, (laughs) but not a conversation. I think he was looking for his family and we said nervously, they're over there. But through honouring and valuing his teaching on that whole thing of as it on earth as it is in heaven, you can actually get an impartation and you can flow in an anointing from the apostle. I think I would say the same as I grew up listening to someone like David Devonish from Bedford as he talked about the apostolic mission and the, the supernatural and the breakthrough and seeing regions encounter Jesus. I think that hugely impacted by him as a gift uh, as an apostle and so we we get the flow of first apostle by honouring the gift of the apostle when we come into um, contact with them and we um, get the, the, the flow by valuing and wanting what they carry by prioritising and saying we want this first apostle in our local church, this second uh, prophet in our local church, this third teaching, we get that by saying, I want what they carry. So what does the apostle do? And why is it so important that we honour and value that anointing? And why is it so crucial that it's first in? That it, without first into the recipe, it doesn't work. I think on Bake Off this week, someone got their recipe wrong, they put salt instead of sugar. It just didn't work. <laughs> It just didn't work. It might be white, grainy powder, but it had a very, very different result. If we don't have yeast in bread, it's a different result. There's something missing if this first apostle doesn't get right into the the, the mix and right into the heart of everything we do. So the first thing the, the, the Apostle does is we can... Um, a lot of this is blueprinted from Jesus. So Jesus, in Hebrews 3.1, is the great Apostle and priest. And we see Jesus always saying, I want to know what's going on with you, Father. I want to say what you're saying and speak what you're speaking. He is, he's the great sent one who's always asking, what's the Father doing right now in this situation, in this environment? Because the Apostle is, is preoccupied with with activating and implementing the blueprint of God. That heaven has, that God has specific purpose for, for his universal church and for each local congregation and expression. And he actually has um, plans and desires and purposes that he wants to bring about and apply and implement in our area. So one of the first things we're saying is, is what's on your heart, Father? 
What do you want to do, Father? What, what is it? What is it that you you're seeing in heaven from the perspective he, from heaven that you want to see on earth? And so the apostolic anointing is is is, is first of all interested in what's going on around God. What does God the Father want to do? What does he want to build? What does he want to establish? What does he want to see released here? And that becomes the first priority above absolutely everything. What does God want to do? What do you want to see built here? What do you want to see established here? What needs to change here for your apostolic prayer, Jesus, that you taught us on earth as it is in heaven? How do we line up with your apostolic purpose in this area? So the apostle, the apostolic anointing, is about what needs to change here. What needs to adjust here. Secondly, the apostolic anointing or gift activates and gives new eyes for all the other gifts to see through. So Jesus, Jesus is the perfect pastor, Jesus is the perfect teacher, Jesus is the perfect prophet, Jesus is the perfect apostle, and Jesus is the perfect evangelist. Jesus had all of those <coughs> gifts operating in absolute perfection. And the gift of the apostolic, or the gift of the apostle, activates and causes all the other gifts to function supernaturally, and not just as an impressive organisation. So without first apostles, second prophets, the best the church can be is a really, really slick organisation. Because it's these two gifts, apostle (coughs) and prophet, in the foundation, first in the mix, brings, um, ignites and releases a community to be a supernatural community. Otherwise, the best churches can do is look at the best organisations in the world, the best businesses in the world, and say, we're just going to copy the best that business can do. And businesses are all about marketing, publicity, going out and getting new customers. But the Apostle Prophet gives everybody new eyes to see things supernaturally. So it activates the pastoral not just to be sympathetic and kind, but have an expectation for supernatural breakthrough to see people set free in, in wonderful and dramatic ways. The apostolic, when it's first in an environment, brings an expectation for supernatural solutions to housing and visas and finance and supernatural solutions and supernatural power on issues of health. The, the apostolic activates an environment to long as its first priority to be a place that's full of the power of God and the presence of God as a number one mm. priority. That's why it says first. It's, it's this crucial ingredient because... Without it, the believer's default position, we so easily think it's all about us. And we think it's all, all about our, our, our needs. But the apostolic grace says, no, it's actually all about heaven. Mm. And it's all about what's going on around God. The apostolic 
also ignites the people, you and me, to be an apostolic people. That we are apostolic. We, we are sent ones. That's who we are. We are sent ones. So Jesus has given us an apostolic prayer on earth as it is in heaven in my family, on earth as it is in heaven in my workplace, on earth as it is in heaven in my business, on earth as it is in heaven in all my relationships. We have been given a great commission, which is an apostolic commission. And the apostolic being first ignites everybody to realise that everybody can, can live and work supernaturally, that everybody can carry supernatural solutions and supernatural wisdom and supernatural breakthrough, carry supernatural peace. I heard this even, someone shared a testimony in this church of how there was supernatural peace in their classroom. And that when people stepped over the threshold of their classroom, they engaged in supernatural peace. Because that person was a sent one, an apostolic person sent from, as, who is, in one sense, living in two realms at the same time. Living um, in, in heavenly places, bringing the reality of, of heaven into their classroom so there was peace that was tangible for the non-believer to step in and say, well, there's something different when I've crossed over the door here. We're an apostolic people where everyone is equipped by the Ephesians four ministries. The, 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 the Ephesians four ministries will ignite people to be pastors and to be teachers and to be prophets and to be evangelists and to be apostolic. That everybody gets invited when there's this first apostle, everybody gets invited to, to suit up and run and play on the game. Amen. That That's... What the apostolic anointing will do, it will say, we're all priests, we're all kings, we're all royalty, we're all sons and daughters. We all can carry this grace and bring this impact wherever we go. Not just one or two special people who carry a particular card, but everyone. So the body is equipped to reveal who Jesus is. See, that's the whole mission of the church, is to reveal to the world, this is who Jesus is. This is the compassion, this is the kindness, this is the solutions that Jesus carries. And it takes the whole body to do that. And it takes this activating agent of the apostolic anointing to cause the whole body to be able to function. Acts 17.6 says, the, the, the apostles were turning the world upside down. And that's what we're called as, to be as an apostolic people, is bit by bit, step by step, is to turn the world upside down by being just simple, believing believers who believe, following Jesus. We're, we're, we're actually called to be revolutionary people. Hallelujah. Not just status quo people, not just people who, who just say, you know what, I've got some beliefs and I go to church and you've got your beliefs and while well, I... No, to turn everything over upside down, to turn injustice upside down, to turn poverty upside down, to turn education upside down, to turn everything upside down through, through our encounters with Jesus. Not to take over those places, but to serve them and to bring the flavour of heaven. So that, yeah, classrooms suddenly have the tangible peace and shalom and wholeness of God because there's a believer in there believing they actually carry something wherever they go. Another thing the apostolic anointing will do will be to create a fathering culture where freedom is the priority. And Paul followed in the footsteps of Jesus 
And the way he led was being a father to people. And it says in chapter 4, I'm writing this, in, it says in chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians 4 verse 14, I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Can you can see that sense of Paul saying, I've got a life. I've got a life in Christ. I've got a life of contentment. I've got a life of hope. I've got a life of joy. I've got a life of power. I've got a life of intimacy and connection. He doesn't then lord it over. He says, now imitate me as I follow Christ. And so the apostolic creates this environment of, of freedom, this environment of a um, place where it's a safe place, a place where it's okay to be seen, where it's okay to be known, where it's okay to be authentic, where it's okay to be vulnerable. A place where religious cages get absolutely smashed. A place where the ultimate remedy is communicated. I'm going to read you something. Do you know the ultimate remedy for absolutely everything is, is ultimately a, an encounter with the Trinity? Mm-hmm. Every issue of our lives, every issue of our lives, whatever it is, whether it's debilitating fear, anxiety, whatever it might be, is designed to be solved through a trusting connection with the Father. There actually is a solution to absolutely everything, and it's an encounter with the Father. And that we can recognise that the true issue and the real solution is I need to connect. And that life works when we stop trying to fix things on our own and run from things or numb the pain caused by disconnection and instead lean into that relationship and say, I will let you love me, I will let you lead me, I will let you transform me. Amen. So there are no hopeless personality traits. There are no hopeless situations. There is no regret from the past that can hold you hostage in the future. Everything, everything gets radically transformed through connection with the Father. Everything that Jesus did and achieved in his life, death and resurrection was about access, connection and intimacy by dealing with our rebellion, our sin, its consequences, our separation, so that that curtain could be ripped from top to bottom, that we could come to God and call him Dad, Daddy, Papa, that we could be face to face with God, that those religious cages of duty and treadmill religiosity get absolutely smashed and we live in intimacy and connection with the good, good Father. And finally, when the apostolic is flowing into a local church, the the priority will be to build a church where people come together to meet God. First apostle means the priority is actually God 
and we are not. Hmm. Hmm. We, we love that song, It's All About You, Jesus. Hmm. And it's so easy to turn, it's actually, It's All About Me, Jesus. Hmm. God is the God is the number one priority of the church. Yes. And first apostle really means what's going on in heaven. Actually, there's worship, love, power, solutions, breakthrough. I want Him to be everything here. That this. This recipe that God is mixing everything by is the complete opposite of consumer mentality. complete opposite of it being about our, our personal preferences and it becomes everything about did I meet God? Was God here? Mm-hmm. Was his manifest presence here? Is he increasing amongst us? Yeah. And then everything then becomes I'm adjusting to God. Mm-hmm. Everything adjusts to God. Everything Be transformed by the renewing of your mind means that's an apostolic that's an apostolic command that says if heaven doesn't think it I don't think it. If that's how if God doesn't reason like that then I won't reason like that. If that's not a priority for God then that's not a priority for me. It's, it's a complete adjustment of absolutely everything. If, if heaven is a place of radical forgiveness, then we adjust to him and say, I choose to forgive. Mm. If heaven is a place of radical generosity, then we choose to say, Let heaven, would you teach me? Would you lead me? Would you direct me? Would you cause me to be radically forgiving? Would you cause me to be radically generous if heaven is a place of thank you and gratitude and appreciation lead me Holy Spirit shaping Holy I want to adjust to the, the climate and the atmosphere the natural lived out behaviour of heaven it's culture, it's natural, it's lived out it's the second nature as it were of heaven it's how everything operates in heaven you say I want to adjust to you, I want to be renewed and transformed by the renewing of my mind that everything would adjust to the way you reason, the way you see, the way you think, the way you relate, the way you love. I'm going to adjust everything to, to the revelation that you bring. And it's really not about what's comfortable for me. It's actually about me adjusting to you all the time. All the time. Even if I've always thought like that, even if I've always prioritised that, even if I've always done life like that, when a revelation comes... And we hear his voice. Amen. We adjust to him. And we say, I'm going to adjust. And that's what repentance is. Yeah. 
Repentance isn't actually saying, I'm really, really sorry. And repentance isn't crying. Repentance is, ultimately, I'm adjusting. I'm changing the way I think in response to you. And the more we prioritise and say, everything is about encountering and meeting with you and engaging with you, the more we, the, the more we adjust to him, the more we make his manifest presence the absolute number one priority, have you noticed that it attracts him? Did you sense when we were singing, I welcome you with praise, or um, you, you are my one desire, did you notice... Did you, did you notice that he came? Did you notice that it was like a magnet that attracted him? Did you feel that? That he, was, he, he is attracted to those moments where we say, it's all about you, I'm here for you. Uh, it's, it's everything I want is to be with you, I've got to connect with you. And it's, it's, it's nothing to do with my agenda, my plans, my preferences, everything. is that I've got to be face to face with you. I've got to be like Moses on the... On the mountain, I've got to, got to be face to face with you. And do you remember when Moses was offered a deal? He said, you could have the inheritance with an angel, but I'm not going with you. And Moses, I don't care about having yeah, the inheritance and the prophetic fulfilled. I'm going nowhere where you're not. If you don't go with us, how will we be distinct from any other people? It's that thing, I've got to have you. Yeah, I've got Jesus. to have you. I've got to have you more than... The, the, the prophetic promise. I've got to have you more than the fruit. I've got to have you more than the thing that I long for. I've got to have you. I've got to be face to face with you. I've got to be ruined yeah. by love. I've got to encounter you. I've got to be friends with you and walk with you and talk with you and be ruined by you. I've got to wake up in the morning and be with you and talk with you and hear what's on your heart. See, that's so different from a religious treadmill that just says, these are the rules, I'm going to keep the rules, and if I keep the rules well enough, maybe I'll merit something, deserve something, or maybe you'll give something, but if I don't, you'll, 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 you'll smite me, mighty smiter, or there'll be some superstitious fear. No, this is a love relationship. It's what Jesus brought us into, nothing less than absolute ruined by love. That's what he invites us into. And then the church is this place where all these lovers of God come together and they all worship God who they've been with all week and heard his voice and had coffee with him and enjoyed him and loved him and been on adventures. They all come together. Boom! We welcome you with praise. That's the church. And we encourage and we exhort and we comfort and we strengthen yeah. one another. And then we go off as apostolic people. We're going to change the world, going to carry this peace, this joy, this hope wherever I go. It's going to leak out, not because I'm trying really hard, but because I've been face to face. So if Moses could glow under an inferior covenant, it says, what would happen for us if we were living in that intimate face to face with him every single moment of the day? I'm not saying we're not doing our job. I'm just saying we steal away moments. We steal away moments. Got to be with you. We we use the toilet more than we need. Got to be with you. Got to be with you. I've got to be with you. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. I want to be near you. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. I want to hear the songs you're singing. What's on your heart? What are we going to do together, Father? Yeah. And... He is so attractive, other people get attracted to the freedom of who he is. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. People get attractive. Non-believers get attracted to your life. 
So what is it with you? What life have you got? How come you've got this joy and this peace? Why is it so different when I cross the threshold into your classroom? What's going on? There's shalom and wholeness and peace here. What's going on? God is very attractive. So we're getting into the apostolic split stream of heaven. That's what we're all about. My name is Jamie. This talk was not called Apostle Jamie. I don't know what I am, really. I'm just learning to know this. I'm more loved than I ever realised I'm loved. And he is more attentive to the desires of my heart than I ever realised he was. And that he is so desirous for each of us to bear abundant, magnificent fruit that people might know who our dad is. We don't need to call ourselves things and have titles. But what we do need is, first, the priorities. First, the momentum. First, the slipstream of heaven. Yeah, so Jesus, we thank you that you are building your church. Yes, and we Jesus. thank you that it's a body. Mm. And we yeah. thank you, Jesus, yeah, that you. every one of us gets wow. to be suited up and have adventures with you. Yes. And we say, God, ruin us with love, your love. Ruin us with a revelation of who you are. Ruin us with your voice. And ruin us, God, for anything else. Cause us to be like Abraham where you said, shall we keep this from him? (laughs) And you revealed your plans for Sodom and Gomorrah. How you spoke to Moses face to face. How Paul and Barnabas were singing hymns at night. Ruin us with love. Ruin us with encounters. And we say, let there be fresh encounters. And and fresh, as it were, revival of our connection with you. In your name, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that every day we'll have fresh encounters. Every day we'll hear your voice. Every day we'll sense your presence. Mm. Every day, God, we wouldn't go a day without sensing the manifest presence of God. And then we say, as we come together as an apostolic people, God, we ask you to increase your presence amongst us. And we ask you, God, for this world that does not know who you are and does not know your love and does not know what you have won for us. We ask you, Jesus, for for many, many, many souls to come to you, Jesus. We ask you that in this place you would get what you paid for, Jesus. We ask you that you would get everything that's on your heart for Plumstead and SE18 in your name. Amen.